0: You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for June 25th, 2023, the fourth Sunday after Pentecost. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Peter Walsh. It's based on Matthew, chapter 10, verses 24 through 39. A uh, Good morning again, and good morning to all of you who are streaming with us. Uh, as we all know, I think we all know, Jesus is the most famous person in the history of humanity, in the history of the world. And a lot of people know a little bit about this guy. He is very, very interesting. But the decision to actually follow Jesus is complicated. And the decision to actually try to do what he teaches is such an immense challenge. It takes our whole life to sort out. The very heart of the Gospel that Jesus teaches is the heart of God, and the heart of God is the being of God, which we're told in 1 John, is God is love. So the heart of the Gospel is divine love, the very being of God. And uh, Jesus is that love incarnate and inspired, and for us to choose to follow Jesus is to live for a higher purpose that is beyond the confines of our humanity, no matter how we might think about that. It's to seek to live as a, in the flow of and as a reflection of divine love. Now somewhere along the line, the church, and maybe some in the culture, got the idea that to be a Christian is to be nice. I mean, I remember as a kid thinking it's a kind of goody-two-shoes undertaking. I have no idea what goody-two-shoes means, actually, and so I'll wait at the back of the door for someone to tell me what that means. But you get the idea, and nowhere in the Bible does it say that God is nice. And nowhere in the Bible does it say that Jesus is nice, and there are several instances where it is clear that Jesus doesn't appear to be that nice. This clean-cut, bland Christianity does not reflect the Jesus that we see in the scriptures. Jesus himself was a scandal. His family thought he was nuts and they tried to stop him. The little village that he grew up in tried to kill him but he walked right through before they threw him off headlong and the religious authorities in Jerusalem thought he was such a scandal that they did manage to kill him and they did not kill Jesus because he was nice. The gospel that Jesus taught and the gospel that he lived was scandalous, and it is a scandal of love. And ironically, that love leads to conflict. Jesus walked the way of love, and we can see from the gospel stories that he was in conflict all the time, or most often, and that that conflict grew more intense the closer he got to Jerusalem. We can see that he was in conflict with his family, with his community, with his religion and his culture, and sometimes with his friends and his followers. So, Jesus just told us that we are to be like he. We are not greater or lesser than he, right? Uh, And if we are really to follow Jesus, it means that we are going to experience conflict and disagreement. And the reason is because the Jesus of the Bible does not bless all the values that we might hone to. Jesus does not bless the values of our culture. He does not bless the values of our country. He does not bless the values of the Republican Party. He does not bless the values of the Democratic Party. He doesn't bless the values that we hold many times in our families. Or with our friends or even the values that we hold Jesus is not categorizable no tribe owns this guy he is above and beyond all other value systems and we get a piece of what that's about today as you know if you've particularly been following the podcast we are in chapter 10 in Matthew's gospel Chapter 10 in Matthew's Gospel is the so-called missionary discourse. Jesus is sending out his apostles, his friends, his followers to do his work. And today, for the hunk, we get Jesus talking greatly about what Bonhoeffer called the cost of discipleship. Now many of you uh, might have been blessed in some years gone by to hear Peter Gomes preach, the, the man who was undoubtedly the, the greatest preacher alive in the United States. And Peter had a lot of amazing things to say, and one of them was that religion is like the garment uh, industry, that uh, fashions and themes and modes come and go. And when he was still alive, he pointed out that one of those modes, uh, muscular Christianity, particularly of the 50s, and Christian militancy, Uh, that were once such a part of the way Christians in the United States understood their lives, that that has been banished. Uh, And it's been banished in part because uh, the notion of battle and struggle has become kind of unseemly to some of our understanding of the faith nowadays, in part because Jesus himself is no poster boy for the church militant he offered no resistance to the people, the men who killed him. And the church militant uh, undoubtedly overdid itself and wandered into a kind of sin. Uh, And also the church triumphant. Uh, The church can hardly consider itself triumphant as the number of members uh, wander out the door for something else like golf or some other thing. And if you'll notice, some of you are old enough to remember we hardly ever sing onward christian soldiers hardly ever the hymn has been banished now it's also possible that in the midst of banishing for a clearer understanding of jesus we have left ourselves without images for the battles of life we have denuded ourselves of the very Uh, spiritual weaponry and imagery that we need to live our lives and today in this missionary discourse Jesus says I came not to bring peace but a sword now this falls into what is known as the hard sayings of Jesus and the sword imagery for us is for the most part uncomfortable we speak of Jesus as the Prince of Peace Jesus himself was nonviolent. Gandhi, the Hindu man, studied Jesus in order to create the nonviolent resistance that toppled the British Empire in India. In the Sermon on the Mount, which is just a few chapters before this, Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers. He's talking to the 12 apostles. In the 12 apostles, he has two guys who must hate each other, and that is. Uh, Matthew the tax collector, the author of the Gospel, and Simon the Zealot, whose life was devoted to toppling the Roman Empire and killing everybody who would prevent that from being toppled. Jesus teaches us to turn the other cheek. He teaches us to love our enemies, to pray for those who curse us, and to forgive seventy times seven. This guy seems like a peaceful guy. And it almost seems that Luke is so uncomfortable with Jesus saying, I came not to bring peace but the sword, that in Luke's gospel, the words say, I came, uh, the purpose of my coming was not to bring peace but division. Word is different. Now, whether or not this is Jesus' reason for coming, it certainly is the result of his coming. Division, conflict is a reality and we have to fight that's what jesus is telling us in the missionary discourse he is saying there are certain things that are worth fighting for so we all know since most of you as i look out are professional episcopalians you know the baptismal covenant and you know that we say that uh we are we are going to resist uh, evil which corrupts and destroys the creatures of god that it is not divinely loving to let the creatures of God to be destroyed and corrupted. That would be the sin of complicity. But we also know that as we are busy not having spiritual warrior imagery come before us, Sunday in and Sunday out, that we have left ourselves in this kind of funny place. But it doesn't matter what the church does because the people of the church know the truth and one of the things they know the truth is you can see is when people die over and over and over families choose this reading from paul's second letter to timothy that begins i have fought the good fight by the way if i drive if i drive off the road on the way home tell my wife i want that as part of my funeral too i have fought the good fight this represents people's lives and I look at it, so many of you, and I know the, the, the stuff and the issues in life that you have had to fight through. Uh, death and cancers and loss and just losing your jobs and, and day by day and worries. You just have to fight. You have to fight because we know that life is not a banquet every moment, and sometimes it is a battle. And what Jesus is saying in the missionary discourse is that the struggle is worthy The battle, the fight is worthy because he is worthy, because God is worthy, because divine love is worthy. That ultimate reality is worthy. Bruce Springsteen has a song called uh, The Price You Pay, and that's what he is saying. You're gonna pay this price, um, but you have to know that whatever price you pay is worth it, and you are to stay the course do not give in, even when it seems like you are losing. Keep the course. Follow the Jesus way. Now, if it is ironic that the way of love leads to conflict, Jesus finishes his teaching in this passage that we have here with another ironic teaching. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. This sort of ironic teaching is like an Escher painting where it seems like you're, you're going down, but you're going up, right? The more humble you are, the higher you rise. These kinds of ironic spiritual truths are built in to the spiritual life. And what Jesus is saying is self-absorption in our own way is a form of death. And it leads ultimately to a, a significant loss and a waste of time for our lives. And he is saying that if you lose yourself in him, you will find yourself caught up in a force field of light and light and love, a place, uh, a way of living this life that is full of meaning and soul satisfaction and that it is the ultimate reality that even if we live to be 94 or 104, it is a blip. And the eternal reality is divine love. And Jesus' teaching are seeking to center us on that walk and on that passage. And the flight is bumpy. It is bumpy. And it does involve some fighting. And what does he say? He tells us in this passage what the Bible tells us all the time. Do not be afraid, fear not, do not be afraid. It is worth the struggle. God can count the hairs on your head, even if there's not that many. God knows your struggle. You're of more value than a few sparrows. The Lord knows your struggles. Keep it up. Amen. You can find more sermons on our website WW